Hello and welcome to another episode of Stevie Automotive's Cars of the Decades. I'm Sean Smith. I'm joined by my whole slew of co-hosts today. Uh, Alistair Walker. Hello. Christopher Strickland. Morning. Sam Green. Good morning. And James Montgomery. Good morning. And may I say what a pleasure it is for you to have me here today. Oh, he's, he's consistent, I'll give him that. Right. How nice you are, Monty. It's my slogan, it's my catchphrase. Everyone else just hide. <laughs> anyway, yeah. anyway, chaps. Today, uh we're it's still in the twenties. And also we're gonna be reviewing the twenties. Uh road cars this time. So last time we uh, started this series with the uh, the race cars of the twenties and we had basically a load of land speed record cars. Um and an alpha. This one's got even better. Bentley. And a Bentley, yeah, sure, but you know, it's a bus. It's not a real car. Lorry. A lorry, same thing. Um, but today we're on to the the domestic side, the uh, the cars that people actually got to drive. Well, some people did, if you were very rich. Um, there we go. Let's talk about that. Right. Uh, we're we're going to start. We got actually, we got the problem here of lots of us actually wanted the same car, which means we do have a definitive answer for car of the decade this time. However. We're going to start with the uh, a name that everyone will know, but not the car that they all know. Chris, what's your choice? Uh, my choice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is going well. So my my car of the day. I know, right? That blimp shot. What's the, what's the model? My car of the day. My car. The model is A. It's a model That's A. The model. <laughs> it is. Yeah. So it's the Mitsubishi <laughs> Model A. Um, so I I'd say cheated. Um, but I chose mine. So mine started production in 1917. So Chris's car of the 20s was not made in the 20s. But it did finish production in 1921, so I'm going to allow it, because it's technically a car of the 20s. Mm. Uh, And this one's special, because it's the first ever series production of an automobile manufactured in Japan. It's based on a Fiat Tipo 3, so I imagine they got the chassis from Fiat, but then built the rest of it. So it's it's not even Japanese? Uh, no, right. probably not. Essentially, it was. I mean, it's basically like an Alfarana, isn't it? Yeah, but I think the best thing is it has a 2.8 litre straight four. That's quite Which a big thing. Nice. For something back in 1920, you're driving around and someone said, "That's bigger. That's bigger than most cars nowadays." Hmm. But, but uh, it did only it did um, only produce 35 brake horsepower. I say, I'm looking at the uh, wow. Wikipedia page for this car, and there was also a 977cc engine. Yeah, so there was which probably produced more, more power than the uh, 2.8. <laughs> yeah, but that's, but a, re- let's be honest, that's a reproduction, though. That's yeah, that is the... Yeah, don't is, look at yeah. the reproduction. Yeah. Definitely do not look at the reproduction. It's horrendous. Um, but no, I'm thinking, you know, this is the this is the grandfather of every single production car ever to come out of Japan. This is you know, basically an Nissan Skyline. Subarus, your Mitsubishi the Evo, original. Subarus. This started it all. The first JDM car. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd Imagine love to see this actually drifting going up over hills or in a <laughs> no, furious sketch. It, it would wonderful. roll over. It's very tall. Mm. No, you might not have wet grass. Yeah, fair point. Anyway. Chris, keep going. Yeah. So it's, um, so so it's, it's a Fiat, so it's reliable. <laughs> it was capable. Full of 60 miles an hour. Ooh. Imagine doing that. 60 miles Jesus. an hour with wooden wheels on hey, Japanese on. It can only just wheels. do 60 miles an hour with a 2.8 litre engine. Hey, it only had 
35 brake off time. Give it some, give it some <laughs> slack. Right, and like most big cars of the 20s, I'm guessing it weighed as much as a house. Yes. Uh, no, actually, it's not ah, bad. No, how, how heavy do you think it was? Wow. Sam, you already know this, you're not allowed to answer. That's actually but, not bad, that's less than but, my Merc. Unfortunately, Sam did just answer it as you asked, Chris, so no, he's already yeah. given up. <laughs> Better. 1,300 yeah, kilos, how much does the car weigh, guys? <laughs> Yeah, well, my three tons, that's not a lot at all. No, no. you can lift that up with your, your back leg. Mind you, we saw that with um, with Fiat last podcast, that they seem to make quite light cars compared to others. Yeah, I suspect it's because they've not really bothered about safety. Oh, that was a quick ten minutes. Next car. What, Nicky, go? <laughs> I suspect it's because they didn't really bother about safety. So everything, you'll have the chassis made of steel, probably. But mm. everything else, all the panels and so on, will be lightweight aluminium. Hmm. Same with the class. Well, I'm starting to notice they would have been necessarily aluminium. Oh, bashing panel steel then. I would say, well, no, it probably would have been wood frames as much as anything, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Well, I can imagine it'll be a leather chassis with a... with A, a leather with a, chassis? Oh, yeah, of course. A, a leather chassis. A ladder. Ah, a ladder. that makes more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, it's, made yeah. from, it's, a, it's a cow, basically. The car keeps so, moving. So, Chris, you were saying uh, that it um, was the first production car out of Japan. How many yeah. did they make? Uh, I don't think they made that many. Was it safe? Oh, no. Of course no. not. It's a special. It's like the Mitsubishi Lancer. You don't want too much of a good thing. 22. 22. 22. 22 cars. Positively mass-produced. <laughs> in four years, they made 22 cars. Uh, that's yes. including the prototype, so it might not have even been 22 that was sold. It could have been like 15 for all we know. You can see when... Blokes in... Chris, Chris. in sheds make more than that. Yeah, no one no, made more than that. Right? Think about it, right? You've just... You know, end of World War One, right? The, com- the, well, the economy's not, not, not necessarily. The and then people see you, right, driving around on your... You know... In your fear teapot bodied Mitsubishi. No, other way round. They're going to think you're a bloody king. No, it's the other way round, though, Chris. It's a Mitsubishi bodied fear teapot. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't. Point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so yeah. it really is like the original Evo. None of them were made, but they were cool and red. Yeah, it is right. red. Yeah, I'll give you that. But no, you can imagine, you know, you're, you're driving through some, you know, a rice field. But everybody around you is just going to think, you know, you're a god or something because you're driving this thing that nobody's ever seen. Before. I think they'll probably think you're something yeah, well. else, but, you know. Yeah, fell in, probably. <laughs> <laughs> so it's quite funny. You say, oh, it's the car that brought the automobiles to Japan and they built 20 of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I brought the automobile to 20 Japanese people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Probably all in Tokyo. Actually, no, because Tokyo was like flattened after the wars. Actually, no, I think that was First World War. Never mind. Um, Second World War. Yeah, 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 no, not quite yeah. Gotten it yet. no, no, no. But anyway, the fact is that you know it's it's a cool car for what it is. It is quite a cool car. It's, to be it's fair. also not the car I thought it was. Or Sam? No. no. When, in fact, when. When Chris told us it was a Mitsubishi Model A, me and Sean genuinely thought he was joking. <laughs> yeah. And thought he was just talking. You probably all thought it was about like an air conditioning unit or something. No, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> we just assumed you meant the Ford Model A, which I think we're going to come on to in passing reference. Yeah. Um, yes. Because it was a fairly 
um, in, interesting car. Um, Which one? It was one of the first ones of the V8, I think. What you Unless someone can correct me. The Ford. Well, the Ford. Ford. We haven't got there yeah, yet. Yeah, the Ford. Bro, we're talking about this, oh. this plane manufacturer who are making cars. Yeah. Okay. We'll get onto that in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get onto that one in a minute, but... Uh... Uh, do you know, jokes aside, it's just really nice to see a Mitsubishi look like a car from its era. Because every time I hear Mitsubishi, I either think of air conditioning units or big cars with big spoilers. Yeah, and, Evos. Uh, big fenders and lots of <laughs> kind of noise coming out. <laughs> that was authentic turbo noise, n- uh, number four there. <laughs> Wastecake duck number five. <laughs> but no, it's a cool car. I didn't know the Mitsubishi who actually made cars that early on, so... Uh... I'd like to point yeah, out. It was a nice history lesson. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I'd like to point out it was the la- it was the first car they made, and they didn't make another one after four years till 1960. So basically, <laughs> it was such a commercial failure um, that it <laughs> just gave up on producing cars till the 60s. And that's why well, I'm not surprised you know, that if they only built 22 cars, and no one probably heard of the bloody thing back then. Well, that's why I started making really? airplane engines. Well, yeah. apparently, it was all like handmade and coach made and all the other bits and pieces. So it wasn't like it was. You could like throw them out every five seconds. This isn't uh, no ordinary Mitsubishi Taipei. This is your M&S Mitsubishi Taipei, <laughs> <laughs> lovingly handcrafted with leather chassis and uh, <laughs> <laughs> with Italian bodywork. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want an Italian-bodied car? No one, apparently. It's not. It's not <laughs> Italian-bodied. Yeah, it exactly. was the other way around. Exactly. Exactly. That's why. That's why no one wants it. Maybe it, maybe it's like the Alfa Romeo, um, oh, the Alfa Rana. Yeah, the one where they had the Japanese styling on Italian engineering. Yeah, it, was, it was the Nissan Cherry and Alfa Rana. It was a Japanese body with an Alfa engine. Yeah, so, <laughs> it was so just the worst in both worlds. So history repeating. But this is like this is what 60, 70 years earlier. Yeah, because yeah. the Arna was the eighties. Yeah, so there you go. That's that's sixty years. Anyway, there you are. it was a hipster car. So yeah, well, well done, Chris. That's a, that's, that's a really cool choice. Also, it's red, so it's ten percent faster. Yeah, yeah it's exactly. true. That is true. But it's still only does sixty. Right. We're now going to talk about um, the car which we thought originally Chris was talking about, but it um, it isn't. Uh, we we genuinely thought you were talking about a rally version of this car. Um, right, the Ford Model A, a car none of us picked, but we all sort of know about. Um, a car from the twenties. Ten years yeah. after the Mitsubishi Model A was uh, b- began production, uh, Ford, yeah. ca- Ford ca- Mr. Henry Ford said his famous quote, which I'm not going to repeat because I don't think he actually said it. Um, what? You can have any colour as long as it's black. Yeah. <laughs> you say we. That's alright, John. You look on, Wikipedia, oh. look on Wikipedia. It's a red car in the in the picture. <laughs> now, yeah, this this was. I think. Am I right in saying it was the first mass-produced car? No, that was the Model T. Ah, that's what yeah. I think of then. The Ford Model T had the first sort of production line. Yeah, the Model the T was Model earlier. It was oh, damn it. 08 to 27. Well, 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 to be fair, based on Chris's logic, then you could use the Model T because it was still in the 20s. Now, what I like about the Model A is just the, which is a fairly common thing of cars of this era is the the wide range of body styles and uh layouts you can have just on one base product um particularly i like the i like the roadster but also i like the pickup truck but yeah you, you could basically truck? just yeah you could get basically everything 
of this car, every version. Um, I mean, yeah, when you look, even on even just on Wikipedia, there's probably there's About what twenty, fourteen photos of different body styles um, of the same model A, or not the same model A, but of the model A. <laughs> yeah, you've got the you've obviously got the hot rodding as well that came out of the model A, which is arguably kind of the first modification of cars. Um, it was the first uh, V8 production car as well. It had Ford's uh, flathead V8, um, which is fairly notable as well, I think. Um, yeah, definitely, compared to and, things and, that lasted Ford till this day. Just... Well, yeah, this is it's not, it's obviously changed a bit, but it's, it's essentially... No, it's that, no the basically, basically the same engine, V8. Mate. Basically the same engine. Well, yeah, obviously, yeah, <laughs> it's... Um, but yeah, I think it's it's just a, a fairly notable car. Forty horsepower in this Oof. one. Push that. Yeah, uh, mechanical drum brakes, of course. Um, but yeah, just generally, it's quite a cool, cool car. Now, of course, it is, it does have a a very racy style uh, thing here. That is a front engine rear wheel drive car, like every, yes. like every car basically mm. was back then. Um, yep. But no, it's, it's a ridiculously popular car as well. Yes. Oh yeah, they sold thousands and thousands. Oh, and the rest, millions. I mean, it only had a four-year production uh, span from 1928 to 31, but I think they had already sold about two million by July 1929, or something like that, like 80 months into the production line. So only, only <laughs> and that a says few more. something about. <laughs> yeah, <I was> just <laughs> saying. Going back to Mitsubishi's attempt at mass making a car. That's uh, <laughs> in fact they they made it in nearly as many countries as cars that Mitsubishi made. <laughs> <laughs> they had so many factories. Admittedly, most of them were in the U.S. But like Istanbul, they made them in Russia. They made them in Italy. They made them in in the U.K. and in Ireland at different factories. They made them in Japan, Germany, Chile, Argentina. Um, and then obviously the, the the US ones, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Michigan, Florida, two in California, Minnesota, Ontario, and that's just the factories, let alone how many cars each of those factories actually made. According to Wikipedia, there are 36 body styles. <clears throat> Jesus. So there are more, so... Body, more body styles than there are Mitsubishi Model A's. <laughs> <laughs> It's really forgivable as to why when you say Model A, most people think of Ford yeah. the of the Mitsubishi <laughs> first, because uh, we've had this, what, 22 over 4.8 million, that's 0. 0.00045% chance <laughs> of thinking of the Mitsubishi A than there is of uh, the that's Ford how, That's how Model good a. Chris is. That's, that's why he did well at university. He did the in-depth research. At least I tried. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, you at did, least I tried. We'll give you that. For a piss-easy one. Oh, we'll just go for a Ford. Are you boring? Yeah, I was thinking that's not really your style. <laughs> You're all boring. I said, I thought this time, I was like, what? <laughs> I thought, why is Chris picking a Ford? And then you, you didn't like, then you said, oh, it's a Mitsubishi. I thought, oh, wow, sense, Chris got a sense of humour for once. This, this is not like him at all. He must be ill. <laughs> <laughs> he must have thought, right, what cars are from the twenties? Oh god, don't know. That was before I was born. Uh was your was your initial Google search Japanese cars made in nineteen twenty? 
Do you know, it actually was. And it's <laughs> yes. difficult to find one. <laughs> That's all right, guys. It can only get better it's from here. It's difficult to find one. So when I found one, I was less like, I'm going for that one. <laughs> yeah. Now, back to the Ford model, eh? It did have a free speed gearbox. Nah, so we should talk about the Mitsubishi. We should get the name out a bit more. Okay, how many Three gears? Three people are aware of what it is. Not how... that I can think of anything else to talk about. No, look, look at Wikipedia article. Trying to help them get extra sales. Yeah. What, 100 Sorry? years later? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's trying to help them get the extra money. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't want a new Evo? Me, I, I want a new era, Evo right get a new now. Evo. I want to, exactly. <clears throat> anyway, I like how the Wikipedia page Mitsubishi's got the the introduction paragraph, and then the Ford Model A's. Yeah, basically every section is bigger than the the whole page. Anyway, regardless, um, they are Ford Model A. It was a cool car, and probably, and um, and we're gonna say our American car of the decade. Yeah, how's that? Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. okay. Because we can't think of a different one. Right. Oh, hang on, no. Hang on, the Ford, let's just say the weight, because these are always interesting with the old cars. This one weighed a 1,000 kilos. Just over. Really? Yeah. So it's a Lotus Elise. Basically. My goodness. I mean, we're going to beat that quite considerably later <laughs> on. <laughs> yes, <that's we> are. <laughs> yes. Yeah, but no, for a, for a, a car with a massive engine, that's, that's not bad. It's not bad no. at all. Especially that, that is really good. When you compare to the crappy Teslas these days, where they weigh five tons, people go, oh, that's light. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, right. back from, away from light, lightweight cars, Sam, you've got another heifer for us. Yes, last time I did the Bentley, and this time I've got a Rolls-Royce Phantom 1, um, which is enormous and fantastic now, in every way. First of all, Sam, well done for getting the production years correct. Started yes, in 1925. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, go for 1925, it. 1925 um, to 1931. So it was a, a, not a really long production, but fairly fairly good, uh, six years. Uh, they made 3,512, which, I mean, for a Rolls-Royce, that's pretty good. I mean, um, it's not quite... Is it the Silver Shadow, the one that was, like, in Minder? Yeah, they were, like, 50p, though. Yeah. So... There were so many of them that devalued it. So this, they were. This is obviously way before as well. Yeah. To be fair. Um, it looks but, like. Well, it doesn't look too dissimilar. To be fair. <laughs> um, but but uh, it's got the famous the, the Rolls Royce grill, of course, the massive grill with the um, the the lady on the top of it. Uh, they made them not only in Derby, in England, but also in Springfield, Massachusetts. Ooh. Um, and there was a few differences between the English and the American ones, aside from the fact that obviously you had uh, the steering wheel on the other side. Um, but uh, this, the uh, I'm just trying to find where where the uh, engines. In there the we car, go. So well, it is yes, but it's an ice. It's an i6. It's an inline six. It's a seven point six liter. That's quite large. Seven point six liter. Yes. Oh, the... this was the car that was known for uh, gallons per mile, not miles per gallon. <laughs> I'd imagine so, yeah, I would imagine so. But, I mean, if you're buying one of these, you had a chauffeur and someone to deal with your fuel, so it didn't really matter. Um, but uh, it had a roughly 50 horsepower. My goodness. You say 50? <laughs> yes. That's atrocious. So, so I'd like to point it... out, my Mitsubishi has a better um, <laughs> cubic inch per horsepower than your... Rolls Royce does. 
That's well, yeah, yeah I, I have to give that for the Mitsubishi. It can move, and it can move more than one mile before needing a refilling. So yeah. uh, <laughs> it's got a good advantage going on there, actually. Yeah, so, yeah. so Chris doing quite well for a car well, that's yeah. not from the twenties. Yes, yeah, car not from the twenties. That's not really even a production car. It is from the twenties. <laughs> made in the twenties. <laughs> it's not really a production car. <laughs> as as we were saying with the Ford Model A, this is a front-engine, rear-wheel drive layout. It's a four-door, um, and they made the saloon primarily, which is obviously that's kind of what Rolls-Royce do. Um, but there was, um, as with the, was the way with the um, the bigger cars like this of the time, quite a lot they would kind of sell the running gear and like a rolling chassis basically. Uh, and then you'd have one coach built. So you'd go to someone like uh, Malina or Zagato. They built Phantoms as well. Um, or if you're in America, um, Brewster made uh, made them as well for the bodies. And then obviously you could have a certain level of customization with that. So you could have a convertible if you wanted. Um, but most of them were the, now, the big saloon. Are these like proper convertibles or are they like protons from the 90s where they all had sunroofs but they never had a sunroof on the options list? <laughs> no. That's a fact, by the way. <laughs> um, no, they are. You could literally fold uh, the roof all the way down. Um, and that's quite a big roof, to be fair. Um, but so, uh, yeah, this, it was generally the, the more common ones were. Um, the, the the saloon, but interestingly, one of them, I think it was um, the Park Ward, was specifically designed to get your chauffeur wet um, <laughs> and to keep the occupants dry. So it had a roof, but only over the back part of the car. So it's the like driver's a, area. It's like an old school carriage then. Roof. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So your driver had to sit with no roof, so he would just get rained on. Um, whereas all the, the rich people that, that actually owned the car <laughs> sitting in the back, they would stay nice and dry. I like that's this class differentiation, isn't it? That, that, that's a perfect example of it right there. I don't see anything wrong with this. I like this uh, little line I found in Wikipedia, which says, uh, the engine was described by Rolls-Royce producing six, no, sorry, sufficient horsepower. Yes. Not significant, <laughs> sufficient. Sufficient. So basically it will yes. move. It will waft along. It's not going to break any land speed records, but it will get you there comfortably. That's right. They got Benny to that. It must have yeah, had a exactly, lot of yeah. torque, though, if it was seven point eight liters. I would have thought so. I can't find any figures. Yeah, but it's also it's also power made... or torque. How much did it weigh? From the fact oh, that and in fairness, at that period, all the engines probably produced a slightly different amount anyway. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do the, um, Sam, do you have the power figure? No, power the uh, weight figure at all. I'm, I'm just trying to find it. I think I had it somewhere, but I can't for the life of me find it. But it's a very, very big car. I mean, it's... Um... Do you think they never produce, They never um, yeah. said how heavy it was just because it's this, the weight of a small moon? Possibly. I mean, the UK, I mean, the long wheelbase version... Maybe that's uh, why the Earth at a tilt. 3.8 metres long. That's quite big. But it's very long. Um, <clears throat> but most of that is the bonnet. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's like a, a uh, American drag car. Uh, yeah, it's not. Yeah, well, not quite. <laughs> it's only got forty horsepower, remember? But uh, yeah, sounds the same. That is a it's a very accurate impression there from Monty um, of how it would have sounded. I don't imagine it would have revved much above three. <laughs> so, 
Well, so it's basically a, yeah. a, a small ship, a shipping uh, engine. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but no, it was. It started to think it's a really cool car, and it's kind of when you think of like the Roaring Twenties, that is the kind of car that was in all of that sort of. Is that the car that's era. in the Great the Great, Ske- the Great Gatsby? Yeah, I think it, it's. I'm pretty sure that is one of. Um, the Brewster Rolls Royces, so it would be American one, but yeah, I think it was a Rolls. Ah, no, it's, sure it was. no, it's American. It's a, it's a Dusenberg SJ. Oh, it's a Dusenberg. Fair enough. But, but, you, it does, but that's it does the kind look, of thing, though. It does look like, like a Rolls Royce. The big Royce. running boards, and yeah, that's what I mean. The, the big running boards, um, enormous thing. But I just think it's, it sort of epitomizes what that era was kind of about. Mm. Um, and that's why, and that's why it's my car of the 1920s. Is it also because you'd like one? I would also, yeah, I'd quite like one. <laughs> it would be quite cool. It would be a cool thing to have. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd probably rather have one of them than a modern Phantom. I think. But would you rather have one than a Mitsubishi Model A? I think. Model I A. Would. What's that? <laughs> I, I, I actually do think I would probably rather have this Rolls Royce than a Mitsubishi Model A, although the, the Model A apparently is rarer. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Turn up to um, turn up to a car show, classic car show. Everybody will be flocking to the Model A. Going, what's this? I yeah. think they're more likely to go, what is it? Than, yeah. Uh, yeah then you the Rolls Royce. Just because like, you go, wow, wow, it's a Rolls Royce. Yeah, they'll say, what's this uh, this, wow. this Tipo doing here? Well, no, everyone will know what it is because it will be plastered on the front grill. It'll say Mitsubishi. Well, I don't think it was, was it? I didn't see it. It had the, it had the Mitsubishi star. It did, it. To, be fair, oh, it did it? to be fair. It did, to be fair. Yeah. Handwritten. Yeah. Handwritten. Exactly. What, with a crayon? Well, yeah, there was only two... no, there was only 22 of them, so they could afford to handwrite on them, couldn't they? Did they get... Yeah. yeah. Really, by the sounds of things, everything else was hand done on it. <laughs> it no, was. It has got... It has got the Mitsubishi star, to be fair, and most people know what that is for air, well, yeah, air conditioning exactly. units. So nobody would need to ask what it is. They just need to ask, why is that a Mitsubishi? And why is it like a Fiat? Exactly. Yeah. Thinking about it, Chris, actually, so, your, your, your Mitsubishi's uh, got a similar sort of thing to Sam's car, where the, the driver's going to get quite wet. But the, um, the rear passengers aren't. So Mitsubishi ahead of their time. Apparently so, yeah. Class. Setting the class. trend. Absolutely. Basically, exactly. Ro- basically Rolls-Royce uh, Rolls basically stole the start, idea. Yeah, not only did it start production cars in Japan, but it also trendsetted for Rolls-Royce. And Ford, uh, who nicked the name. And Ford, yeah. So, there you go. I mean, I mean we're, we're, we keep seeing, seem to be uh, saying that the Model A is actually doing quite well here. But uh, yes, it's... unfortunately, the last car on this list um, wins by majority vote. So... Um, Alistair and Monty and me have all gone. I mean, I wouldn't say it, unfortunately. It's a great little car. It is a great little car. Very little, but a great little car. It is a great little car. Let's talk about the Austin 7. Woo! Austin 7! Monty, begin. I don't really know where to begin with this thing. It it is... um, I'm probably being biased because, you know, we're British, but... uh, it was a popular car, which kind of ticks all the boxes uh, with regards to engineering and design uh, capabilities, which you see even on today's cars. For example, the control units uh, were kind of standardized after that. It was the first mass-produced car to you know, actually have a layout of the steering wheel, 
throttle pedal, brake pedal, gear knob inside the car, <laughs> and that kind of carried on for well until today, really. And that, that's kind of how most cars' uh, control layouts are uh, used today. It um, had a very long production life cycle from a 1923 cough that qualifies for a 20s car uh, until 1939, uh, and arguably could have gone on longer had World War II not have begun. Um, annoyingly, the production numbers weren't that high in comparison to Ford. I think it was only about 300,000 they had yeah, built. Yeah, 290,000 um, got here. Yeah, they were in a 16-year period. But um, it was small. It was light. It had a small engine, which uh, produced 7 uh, horsepower, uh, which sounds atrocious, but there was a purposeful uh, reason for this, and actually shows that really consumer tastes haven't really changed that much in 100 years. Kind of like what's going on now with uh, the new road tax, which, you know, it's all on emissions, and everyone wants a hybrid or uh, a Ford Fiesta EcoBoost or something which is going to be cheap. <laughs> Monty's car of the decade, everyone, last year. My, my, <laughs> my car of the decade from last year, yeah. Uh, the uh, Austin 7 pretty much fitted that bill as well, because uh, back in the 20s, uh, road tax was judged on horsepower, not on uh, emissions. Really? Because car yeah, because carbon dioxide wasn't a thing back then. So um, they used to tax your car based on how much horsepower it had. That's amazing. Uh, and that was one of the biggest uh, reasons why the Austin 7 was so popular, because you could get a small, light, affordable car, which cost just about nothing in tax, actually. And that's what made it such a popular thing. And the brand Austin 7 itself carried on for many years afterwards, because um, yeah, because we saw of, it on the minis, didn't we? The Austin Mini exactly, 7s. Exactly, Austin Mini, um, and that was exactly why they were originally called the Austin Mini. Because when you back then, when you heard Austin, you'd think of cheap, small, runabout cars which were fun to drive, and so they used that branding purposely uh, on the Mini at the beginning of uh, its build era as well. Um, I'm sure I've got other things to add on to this, but uh, have you said the, Chris, the power? Yeah. Seven point two. Seven horsepower. horsepower. Seven point two horsepower. Yeah. So, so uh, that would be the equivalent to today in having a car with uh, no CO2 emissions. That would get you a tax-free ride. There's also what it did for, I think, British motoring, because being small, cheap, accessible, it opened it up to a lot of people. Absolutely. And it spawned things that still go to today. So it spawned the 750 Motor Club, which is yep. still it spawned going to this day. Did it? Yes. Yeah, the Bruce McLaren yeah, no. first racing car was an Austin 7. Yep, no, <laughs> I did not know that. It's, okay. That's a very good point, actually, Sam. It was, after World War Two. it was a fantastic, uh, widely available chassis that you could get your hands on and convert into Austin 7 specials. Bruce McLaren, yes, he was one of them. Uh, Colin Chapman also did it as well. Uh, yeah, Lotus, the Mark One. The Mark One is based off an Austin 7 as well. Yeah. Um, the car was then mass-produced around the world, perhaps under different guises, or yep. uh, in Asian countries, it was just flat-out copied. But uh, BMW's first ever car was uh, based off uh, the Austin uh, 7. My favourite line uh, here is, well. uh, the largest of the best-known of these is Australian coach builder Holden Motor Bodybuilders. So, yes. so, so yeah. this car made the VS Supercars. And then, yeah. another, and then another fun fact for you guys as well, it actually had a second production run in the 50s, thanks to Nissan yeah. basically doing a copy and paste on this thing. Austin got yeah. wind of it and went, 
do you just do you want the design rights so you can build it properly and then sell it in Japan? And they went, oh yes, please. And so off they went, and this I went and uh, built the Austin Seven for the 1950s for the Japanese market, and they built more than 22. It also raced well, but this, this, this isn't the racing version of the podcast, but it's a tiny little little thing. It won the 1928 100 miles road race, later known as the 1928 Australian Grand Prix. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Can, I think it was just the perfect car for the time. And I think of all the cars of the 20s, yes, we look at things like the Bentley. Not the Bentley, even the Rolls. It's See? a nice car, <laughs> but it's unusable. Yes. Oh yeah, you couldn't At use least it now. An Austin Seven, I think. I'd love to own an Austin Seven. I'd love to just get the chance to drive one because one is familiar to one. drive, and two, I feel like you. Okay, you'd feel a little bit scared on the motorway. Nah, but I you could actually if you drive an Austin Seven. You will be fine. Yeah. You know what? Genuinely, uh, I have. I've driven one a few times on the road as well as. Um, just in paddock area, racetracks and stuff like that. But even on, on the road, you, you, you're sort of bouncing along on the quite a soft leaf spring suspension. It's, it sounds like an old car. It's exactly what people think hmm. of when they think of a vintage car. So you, like I was, it was in Buntingford, near where I live, where I, I used to work. And you, I, we did a, a fuel run. We had to go and fill some jerry cans and some of our race cars. So we took the Austin 7 because it was a nice day. Um, and, yeah, people love it. They, they, It makes them smile as you drive along the road. And I don't know necessarily um, uh-huh. if the role... Yeah, is, is that kind of car, to be honest. Yeah, but, I don't um, mind it's everyone a brum. That's why it brings yeah. back... Yeah, yeah. And I don't yeah. think it's actually possible to dislike an Austin 7. No, yeah. I mean it's horrifically dangerous, and it was the ro- one of the most rickety cars I've ever driven. Yeah, it had cable-operated drum brakes, but I mean a lot of the cars at the time did, um, and it was it was just it was good fun. It was sort of it, <laughs> although it only had seven horsepower, it was surprisingly sort of nippy and. Well, this is because it only weighed 360 kilograms. Jesus well, Christ! Right, well, yeah. Wow. Um, oh yeah, it genuinely weighed nothing. Yeah, well, yeah. We, no, no, we that was another. Put, Go on. We had we had four jerry cans in the back of it, and we probably doubled the weight. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that, that's a good point, actually, Alice, uh, which I forgot to mention as well. Uh, the weight of this thing, three hundred and sixty kilograms, and that was also uh, another design uh, trend which it kicked off then as well, because uh, it was one of the first mass-produced cars to use aluminium uh, shells rather yeah. than a cast iron. So uh, that made the whole thing lighter. It mm-hmm. made it ultimately a little bit quicker. So it had seven horsepower. And it meant that after two years, you wouldn't get out of your house one day, go to your drive to find a pile of biscuit crumbs and four wheels there. What, well, Lancia? We, uh, <laughs> we, we, had, uh, we had two, actually. We had our kind of our dog's body car that was a, it was a convertible, so it had no roof. Um, and then we had one of our customers that we looked after it for him. It was a saloon, and the saloon was vinyl bodied. Really? So, although, yeah, it was a wooden frame covered in vinyl. What that it, was an interesting what one. What song did it play? I didn't, unfortunately. Oh. We did try that. But, uh, <laughs> but no, that was an interesting probably one as well. Britannia. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, I think it was a later one, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, it was just, they're great little cars. They're great fun. 
Um, yeah, and I think much in the same way we said about the Ford Model A, it was a very flexible car. You could get saloons, convertibles, vans. Coupes. Yeah. Yeah, it was the car that sort of did everything the British public needed it to do. Yeah. I quite, I've just seen the Japanese version. It's, it looks like a mini London taxi. It does. It's mad. Yeah, it doesn't look so dissimilar, does it? it probably someone did use it as a London yeah. taxi at one point. With, yeah, with what, like rally wheels, which is quite, which, uh, is quite funny. Yeah, it's a cool car. Well, they're just like steelies, aren't they? They look yeah. awesome. They're great. <clears throat> I like how uh, later on in I think nineteen twenty-three, I've just I've just found it then lost it because I went to go find the picture. Uh, yeah, nineteen March from March nineteen twenty-three, the bore was increased to two point two inches. That's fifty-six millimeters to foreigners, um, giving seven hundred and forty-seven cc and ten point five horsepower. And then the birth of the seven fifty-nine. Motor Club. Yes, it was. Because it was known as obviously the 750, not the 748. Mm. Seven. Seven, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Um, I, I don't know really how to sum this one up, guys. Uh, it, well, it, it's, 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 well, put it this way would you buy one yes. if you yes. had. Absolutely. Yeah. And these are kind of affordable as well, like compared yeah, to think... some of the other cars. I was looking earlier today. I think I could find an example that needed a little bit of work to get it finished up and running for about four and a half grand, which, okay, isn't the cheapest car on the market, but equally, for a car that's getting to the point of being 100 years old and is truly vintage, that's not a lot of money. Well, no, No, I mean, you you spend that on the sort of... Yeah, I've spent that on my road car now, so it's not a, a huge amount of money, is it? It's doable. Yeah, well, exactly. really any classic car will cost you at least that much money. I mean, looking at Triumph Spitfires, for example, or Heralds, you know, you're going to spend a, and I think at least that for a good you'd, one. You'd probably enjoy the Austin 7 a lot more than you would at Triumph Herald. Probably because it would break down less. Exactly. It, well, it's a lot less, <laughs> and if it does, it's a lot more simpler to fix. You can do it at the side of the road. Exactly. You don't have With to a hammer. Home. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if it breaks down, you can probably just pick up the front axle and walk it home. Yeah, put it in your pocket, yeah. I've just read an interesting fact here of a modification that was made to the Austin 7 from a 1930 onwards based on consumer feedback. Apparently consumer feedback in the 20s was that they found the braking system quite complicated as as um, the front brakes were done with a handbrake and the rear brakes were done with a pedal brake. Nice. Consumer feedback wanted the braking system on one pedal and then perhaps the handbrake being used for permanent parking. So it was based on that feedback, that's where the, this conventional control system that we're used to nowadays has come yeah. from. Because cool. it had three pedals anyway, didn't it? But yeah, you had to manually brake the front or the rear of the car on the very early. Okay, watch me, guys. I'm going to do a stoppy. <clears throat> yeah, no, pulling a handbrake to do a skid sounds <laughs> much better, doesn't it? <laughs> but uh, but yeah. no, I, I mean, the Austin 7, it's... Um, it's, it's, the, I, 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 it's the dawn of the real car. It's the dawn of the real car. Oh, and yeah, to me, to to me as a like British that. person, this well, is it... the car that symbolises Brexit for me. <laughs> I think more is the dawn of the car like the the well the Austin Mini that followed on the Ford Fiesta now it's the dawn of the small car for the people I think and that's yeah I'd agree with that rather yeah. than being an, a car for the elite this is a car for everybody 
This was a car for the British people. This allowed the people to have a voice. It was a car for the world, Monty. People, exactly. It was, it was a car for the world. It was literally, a, it was exactly that. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, I'm not. Back then, guys, we needed a car for the people, and the Austin gave the British people that car they needed. Because until, I don't know, the 70s and the 80s, you hear Austin and you think of nationalisation and strikes. Back then, British cars were something to be proud of, and they gave the British public a chance to drive, a chance to visit Britain, and a chance to be proud to be British. Oh, I'd God. like to point out that Monty is from Jersey. <laughs> but yes. Thank you for listening to this edition of uh, several Automotive's <laughs> Cars of the Decades. Uh, we'll be back next time with the 1930s, probably. Uh, we'll be on to the race cars. Um, thank you very much to Chris, Al, Sam and Monty for joining me. I've been Sean Smith. And we'll see you next time. Take care and goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> I'm genuinely